Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. This is the third part of this word that God has given us, harvest. If you haven't been here, the word that God has given us as a church, His prophetic word for the body for 2023 is harvest. And the scripture that God gave me in July of last year is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, and it says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He says, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ripe. It's ripe. Now, Jesus is talking about souls. He's talking about John the Baptist planted the seed. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same message that John preached, guess what? Jesus preached. It said that Jesus took what John spoke. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Seed was being sown. We know that in John chapter 1, the Bible talks about the word. And John talks about the word being Jesus. And we know that when Jesus was sown, because he's a seed, he was sown to the world. He was sown to the people of, of that day. And let me help you, he's still being sown to us today. His word is seed and it is still being scattered, as Mark chapter 4 says. It's being scattered or sown or sowed. And in that day, he said, the seed has been sown. Because we know in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about that there will be cold and heat, day and night. And one other thing he says is seed time and harvest. There will be a seed time and harvest. So Jesus is saying the seed has been planted. Now it's time for harvest. And what Jesus spoke then is still for today. The harvest is ripe, but the Laborers or the people that will work the ground are few. So pray, seek me, seek the Lord of the harvest. Who causes the increase, the growth, the harvest? We see that in 1 Corinthians, Paul said, I planted the seed. Apollos watered the seed, talking about the seed that was sown in the people's heart. And God caused the increase. God is the one that causes the increase. You can't make seed grow. Sorry, you cannot harvest seed. What you do is sow seed. God caused the harvest. He causes the harvest. What you do is you reap up the harvest. Just like your life today, there was seed sown in your heart, and through a course of time now, you are growing, you are developing, you are increasing. There is harvest happening in your life. 
For those of you that have been serving God for a year, for six months, can you just be real honest and say God has been good in your life today? For those who have been serving God for five years, 10 years, 20, 30, can you testify that God's been good in your life today? Can you testify that you have grown, that you have increased, that you have experienced harvest in your life? It's because of the seed sown in your heart. Now, if you say, I don't really right at the moment experience, I'm not experiencing harvest, then how are you stewarding the seed that's been planted in you? How are you stewarding it? How are you managing it? Because remember, he said seed time in harvest. The seeds plants, but then there's a time. What's the season you're going in right now? Because we don't always harvest in every season. But I believe for this church and the word that God's given us, given us that this season, this year, is a season of harvest. Meaning it's a season of receiving. It's a season of reaping. I really want to get it deep in your heart. This is a season for Pursuit Church, for this region, for the body of Christ of reaping and receiving of God's harvest. The Bible says that seed time and harvest will always be here until the earth passes away. Can I tell you, the earth is still here. So seed time and harvest is still happening today. For instance... If I sow a seed of an apple tree into the ground, what's going to happen? Well, if I take care of it right and steward it right, an apple tree is going to grow out of that ground. But notice how this tree grows. It first begins to develop roots. Roots. And the roots get deep within the ground of where it's been sown. And then it begins to bud forth, begins to show some green leaves, begins to sprout. It begins to develop a source of foundation. And as it's growing, as it's getting taller, guess what? The roots are getting deeper. See, as the height of this tree grows, the roots are getting even more deeper. This is the same within your life. When God's word is planted in your heart and you begin to manage it or steward it and watch it and care for it and grow in knowledge, grow in wisdom, grow in understanding, be committed to God, committed to his ways, faithful to his kingdom, well, you are growing deep roots in him. This is why I'm faithful to the house of God. This is why I come to a gathering, an assembly, because I'm part of a body. I'm part of a body. There's no such thing as an individual church. Church is not where I make it. Church is where God has ordained it to be, and that is in the gathering and the assembling of his people. That is church. It is not a building, but we gather together in a building. If you notice, Paul, even his letters were written to not individuals, to churches. Our early church fathers created places for men and women to gather and to assemble together. Not to be a place of just fellowship and community, 
but to be a place where we gather to worship our God, to magnify him, to sing praises to him, to offer up our lives in living sacrifice, to give, because worship is giving of ourselves, to sow from our resource, to give into the storehouse, to plant seed, to get the word of God and be discipled and mentored and trained for the equipping of the ministry, for the working of the ministry. We're being equipped for the working of the ministry for building his kingdom. This is why God has given you a pastor. This is why God has given you a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher, an apostle. Some believe that that has died out and that is no longer for today. I personally do not. I believe that God, what he said within his word and what he gave his church is still for today. But in saying this, the ground, you being the ground, you, now the ground is your heart and how you receive of the seed of God's word is what's going to determine what roots are going to grow deep within you. Notice that there could be good seed and bad seed. I can sow seed, like the Bible says, of discord, and it can cause division. This is why within a church setting, it's so very important for us as a body to not sow seeds of discord, of anger, of frustration, we're slow to speak, quick to listen. We have love. Our motive in everything is love. That's why we don't gossip. That's why we honor one another. We put on love. It's steadfast. I speak life into you. I may not always agree with you, but I still love you. And if I sow seeds, negative seeds, well, guess what's going to come back? Negative things. That's why when I speak over my body, death, sickness, and pain, and just agree with what I'm going through, guess what? All I'm speaking is bad seed or wrong seed, and it's going to produce bad things. So I begin to speak what the devil says I am. I begin to speak what my issue says I have. But the thing that a man of God and a woman, God, a woman of God should do is begin to confess. The Bible says hold fast to your confession of faith of what you are standing on when it comes to his word. That's why when we pray over anything, you have to have God's word on it. What right now do you have God's word for? You may be sick in your body. What scriptures are you standing on today? What are you holding fast to today? Your marriage may be in shambles. What are you speaking today over your family, over your wife, over your husband? What seeds are you sowing? Is it seeds of death? The Bible says that there's power in the tongue of what? Death and life. Paraphrase mine. You can speak life and you will produce life. Or you can speak death and you're going to get back death. See, when we get the seed of God's word in us though, and those roots get deep in our heart, guess what begins to be produced? His word. Faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
We know that in Romans chapter 4, that Abraham held fast to what God had spoken and promised him and said that he didn't even waver. He didn't waver at the side of unbelief or at the side of his own body or of his wife's body, Sarah. No, it said that he knew that God was faithful to perform. Who performs? God does. Who performs for us? God does. Who performs for you? God does. But how does he perform? According to his promise. Remember, his word is a seed. Where is it at today within your life? Maybe the cares of life today are choking it up. But today, can I encourage you to get to a place where you trust fully in God's word, where you say, God, my heart, the ground right now within me, my heart, the ground, I receive of the seed, let it produce. See, the Bible says this, when it comes to preparing the ground, preparing the ground, that's the title of my message, preparing the ground. And the ground is your heart, your heart, your life. Every single one of you is ground. And you today are living according to how you have received God's seed. The Bible says in 1 Peter that Jesus is the incorruptible seed. The incorruptible seed. That's 1 Peter 1, 23 through 24. We receive of the incorruptible seed, being Jesus Christ. And this is what we call the new birth. We've been born again. And as I fellowship with God, as I grow in the word of God, as I seek God and pursue God, well, his seed gets deeply rooted in my heart. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says, go to verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Where does he dwell? In your heart. Where does the heart? The ground. So that Christ may dwell. He will abide. He will live. The Bible says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Set your mind on things above. Be in me and I will be in you. So Christ may dwell in my heart in the ground through faith. Through faith. Say faith. How do I know the seeds in me? Through faith. His word says it. I believe it. But I don't feel like he's in there. What does his word say, though? But you don't understand, man, I lived like hell this past week, and I was getting drunk. I was living any way I wanted to. I was looking at pornography. My wife's in the other room. I was angry at somebody, so I started speaking negative words against them. I was sowing seeds of discord. How could Christ dwell in me when I'm living like this? Thank God for his grace. There are four different types of grace. You got a saving grace, a grace that saves you. You have a grace that justifies you just as if you never sinned, justifying grace. You have a grace that teaches you. 
It will teach you how to live and how to be. And then you have a fourth grace, a grace that enables you to do what God has called you to do. Meaning, God will enable you through his grace to live holy, to live righteous, to live pure. Meaning, you can't do it on your own strength anymore. So instead of being discouraged and turning from God and giving up and quitting because you always fail, come to God, come in his presence and get free. Don't submit yourself to that yoke of slavery anymore. But you're going to have to want it. In my own life, in my own sin, in my own mistakes, the place where I found the most freedom was in his presence. In his presence. Within your own life, I guarantee you that many of you today, if not all of you, can attest that being in God's presence has caused you to walk away from the lusts of the flesh, from the things of the flesh, and into the spirit of God, into serving God wholeheartedly and better, being stronger, right, all the way. And when you got away from that, you fell right back into it. How you steward the seed is important. How you allow the ground of your heart, the ground, to receive the seed is going to determine what roots grow in you. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, I'm going to read this real quick. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gisinaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, master or teacher, we toiled all night. We worked all night and took nothing. You feel that way sometimes? I've worked, done so much, but I haven't really achieved anything. I've been working, been striving, been laboring, but I haven't really achieved anything. And Jesus says, or he says, but at your word, Simon says, at your word, I will let down the nets. Meaning, according to the seed, because remember, he's been sitting there listening to the master, to the teacher teach. That seed's getting in him. What Jesus has been preaching and ministering and teaching is getting in him. He's like, hmm. Okay, something about this man. Because we know that Peter's the first one that recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And it says, upon that revelation that you have heard from God and received from God, I will build my church. So we're talking about Simon Peter, number two in command. The best of the three. The one that denied him three times. If you made a mistake today, it's all right. God loves you. He loves you. His own right-hand man denied him three times. His grace is sufficient in your weakness. You're not too far gone. I don't care what the enemy lies and manipulates you with or what crazy doctrine you've heard before because the person you probably heard that said you're going to hell because of what you're doing himself is probably living in the same way. Now, let me help you, though, and give you some wisdom. 
how you live and how you serve God with your life, well, you can get to a place where your heart gets callous to the things of God and where you turn from God, well, there's no more salvation for you if you turn your heart towards God. But I think, and I think we can all agree, the majority of Christians, followers of Christ, it's not that they have turned their heart from God. They have allowed themselves to run from God because they don't know how to overcome the things in their life because they're not submitting to God. I've never met someone that loves God that is okay with what they're doing. Have you? Now, I've seen people that love God and struggle with what they're doing, and they can't stand it. And they submit to it over and over, and they want to be free from it. I've seen people go years in the same mistake, years, never being free from it. But let me help you. There's freedom in Christ. You're going to have to do things differently. Because there is a real hell, and there is a real heaven. The Bible even says this, and let me help you. In Luke, it talks about a narrow path. And it says, strive to enter the narrow path. We always talk about no striving in God, no working, resting in God. And that's true. There's a rest in him. But there's a striving coming into that place of the narrow path. It takes working, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, meaning the fear of God. We can't lose the fear of God. Because when I lose the fear of God, I'll live any way I want to. And I think, oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I'm entitled to it. No, you're not. Because you haven't given them your heart. What is salvation? Lordship. He lords you. That's salvation. Well, that's a hard truth. I know it is. Because people have said it so many different ways. They've muddied the water. But the truth of the matter is, God does love you. He loves you so much that he calls you to live out of that sin and to not sin anymore. Thank God. The ground is your heart, and you have to be able to receive of the seed. Say receive. We're not really good receivers. We're great at giving, but when it comes to receiving, we're terrible at it. We don't know how to receive from God. Sometimes we think that God doesn't want to give anything to us. We think that God's just up there and his justice and who he is as God and saying, bow to me. You got to understand that God came in flesh for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves you. God wants to delight in you. Let me say that again. God wants to delight in you. Your biggest supporter is God. Others may feel differently because of what you've been taught. God's not just something up there. He is. Come on, say he is. He revealed himself to Moses as I am. I am. I'm before. I'm the end. I'm everything. I'm all things. I am. Try to explain that. You <laughs> can't. He just is. And you're his creation. You're his child. And God has breathed life into you. He's given you his spirit. He's given you his word. I mean, God has given us everything to live on this earth. Everything. And we have to be able to receive the seed. And the seed is his word. It's Jesus. It's the gospel. And once you received him, 
and let his word get deep in you, it will begin to produce in you. But let me help you today. There are things that will try to stop it from producing in you. Have you ever seen a garden? When I was about 14, 13 years old, I remember my parents would buy mulch. Who knows what mulch is? Anybody? Mulch? Okay. I didn't know maybe it was a different word here. I just want to make sure. Some words are different. I'm from Texas, if you didn't know yet. Thank you. That was Paul. I don't sound just like my dad. My dad's pretty, howdy, y'all. Nah, he doesn't do that. He's probably watching. Sorry, Dad. It's my mother that talks like a Texan. Got that Texas draw. But 13, 14 years old, around that age, we would always put mulch around our trees in the garden. But before we put new mulch, we got to get all the old mulch out. We got to clean up the garden. And how many know clean up a garden? That is not fun. If there's one thing that every child needs to do with their parents or without their parents, clean a garden out. That was some hard work. It was good for me to do it, though. I remember having dirt, mud all on my hands because I didn't wear gloves. Should have. Earthworms in the ground. Spiders everywhere. Not like here, though. Spiders are outrageous here. And we had to remove the old mulch. We had to remove sometimes weeds, some rocks. And sometimes you even had to get that backhoe out there. And you had to work the ground, till it up a little bit, get the ground ready, get the soil ready. Sometimes it was hard. You got to break it up. And this is very similar to our life, this ground, this soil. Sometimes we got some weeds going on, growing in our life. They need to be cut away. Sometimes we got some rocks, rocks of offense maybe. Some things that we just allow to be in our life that need to be removed. Sometimes even there's a hardness of heart. that we have to allow the word of God to break up that fallow ground, to break it up, break up that hardened ground. The Bible even says that when there was seed sown in the stony ground, it's like a stony heart. It can't receive the seed. So for you today, there might be someone that has weeds in their life. Whatever that weed may be, it may be a person. It may be a weakness. It may be a belief or a thought that you have allowed to become true in your life. Maybe you got some rocks. Maybe you got some offense in you because of previous places you've been in church, previous people that have hurt you. Maybe it was a loved one. It was a father, a mother, a grandparent, a brother, a sister, someone close in your family, and you just got some offense towards them. And it's hard for you to forgive them. But Jesus has called you to forgive them. If you read when the disciples said, teach us how to pray, In Matthew 6, go to Matthew 6, verse 9. Let's read this for a moment. Almost done. It says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Is what that means. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Wow. Go back to that. 
Forgive us our debts, and also we have forgiven our debtors. Not only would Jesus forgive you, God forgive you, but you're going to have to forgive others. Sometimes the primary reason why you're not seeing growth in your life or harvest and God working in your life is because you got offense in you. You haven't forgiven people. You're going to have to forgive. It's hard, and I can tell you from experience working in that garden with my parents, with my dad, it's hard to plant seed when there's rocks everywhere. You got to move the rocks. You got to allow the stony ground, the hardest of ground, be broken up by his word. This is where the spirit of God comes in. I noticed when we used to have hard ground, you spray it with a water hose. Man, it gets that ground nice and muddy. You can work it. And it's like the spirit of God. The Bible calls it the latter rain. It will come into your life. It will fall on the ground. The latter rain. How many know that the spirit of God dwells in you today? Some of you need to allow the Spirit of God to come upon you again. Do you know that we see in Acts, there's multiple times where the Holy Spirit falls on people multiple times. It's not just one time. Sometimes you think, I got the Holy Spirit, everything's done. No, it says that he can fall on you again. Some of you need to pray to God during this prayer and fast that he will come on you again, that he will fall on you again, that the latter rain will come again. It's for today. It's for this church age. See, when it comes to the hardness of ground, we need to say, God, plow my heart. Come on, say plow. You know what plowing is? And I'm going to close with this story. Simon said, we toiled all night, we worked all night, we took nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. So I'm going to do it, God, or Jesus. I'm going to let down. When they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So notice this. We did it our way. We caught nothing. When I did it your way, well, I enclosed a large number of fish. Their nets were breaking. They signaled to other people, partners in other boats, to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And he goes to this whole understanding. No longer you are a fisher of men, or a fisherman, but you will be a fisher of men. You will follow after me. But notice that when he did it Jesus' way, the net caught so many fish. They didn't have the capacity. Simon did not have the capacity to only carry it for himself. That grace, that gift, that blessing that God gave him, guess what? It was for others to enjoy. See, when you walk with God, when you allow the word of God and the seed of God's word to plant deep in your heart, not only will it affect you, but it will affect the people around you. It will affect your spouse. It will affect your children. It will affect your generation and your next generation and their generation. See, what you did, because let me be really candid with you this morning. I am a product of what my father did. If he never gave his life to Jesus at the age of 29, I wouldn't be here today. And I recognize that. And guess what? My son, he will serve God for his life, all the days of his life as well. As well. And his son, and his son. It affects generations. See, how will you receive the word today? You got to be a receiver. It's like in 
football, in American football, gridiron, there's a quarterback and there's a receiver. The quarterback has the ball and he throws it to the receiver. This is how we are with God. He's that quarterback throwing it to us saying, catch it, receive it. He directs you where to go. And everywhere you go, you're ready to receive. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Jesus, I know it's, you're telling me to throw my nets out again. I've already done it. I really don't want to do it. I'm tired. But at your word, according to your word, just like Mary said, so be it. According to your word, I'll do it. Simon Peter could have said, you know what? <laughs> I ain't doing that again. I ain't casting my net out. He could have heard the teaching and said, no. But let me help you today. He heard the word. Because of hearing the word, he responded to the word. It got deep in his heart, and guess what? It produced within him. And it produced for everyone around him. This is the goodness of our God. We, as a church today... We receive the seed of his word. It's going to affect our church. It's going to affect the body. It's going to affect this region. It's going to affect Mornington Peninsula. It's going to affect Melbourne. It's going to affect Victoria, Australia, and all around the world on how we receive of the seed. Will you receive the seed today? See, we have to get to a place like we are right now of prayer. And prayer prepares the ground. Prayer prepares me to receive. Prayer. And this posture of prayer destroys obstacles, problems, pride, sin, causing within me a readiness to God, an openness to God, a fear of God, a seeking of God. This is the good news. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.